Rhonda Brunson from Picking Strawberries. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I am excited about this episode showing up with Dr. Hirsch because Michelle is absolutely one of my favorite people on this planet. My ride or die, one of my best friends, and taught me how to show up and how to really be a great friend. We met over 20 years ago as newbie educators just barely into the field, just trying to kind of figure it all out. And here we are 20 years later. She has her PhD in education, is a science coordinator for a district. She's the mom to Tess and Owen, a senior boy. So we get into all the things letting go, has a fantastic husband, but recently really took seriously being a writer and how she observes life and how she's showing up in that space. You can find her work at Grown and Flown, Grit and Grace, the Choose Courage Foundation, the Mighty, Encourage, her view from home. And for her latest, visit her at michellewallacehurst.com. So let's talk all the things showing up and holding space for being present. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here. If you're looking for a community who's searching for the beauty in every day, having authentic conversations about how we can give back and make this a better place, I encourage you to subscribe to Picking Strawberries. Join me and my guests as we're talking about real things, real life, and how we can take the positive and make us better and all the people around us shine brighter. Okay, Miss Dr. Hurst, my Hi. ride or die, best friend of mine for over 20, 20 until, years. Until 9 p.m. Because right. then I go to bed. I think uh, my goal is today that we'll have a conversation. We don't have to edit for the general public because when you've been friends for over 20 years, there's maybe some TMI that could get involved. So that will be our goal for this conversation. And I just, I think our conversation can go a ton of ways. You know, you're a doctorate in education. You are a creative writer, a mom of an eighth grader and a senior. Just so many ways we can take this. So I think I want to start with being a senior boy mom this theme of letting go. So this is the year, right, that you're supposed to do that. So I'm told, you know, I have a sophomore boy. So how are you doing that? How are you learning to let go as you walk through this last year with him? I am mostly being like, you aren't really given a choice when you have a senior. Um, You have a sophomore, but you're probably seeing some of this already. Like they're already gone. Um, He has not moved away to college, but he's never home. So these kids, they are gone. Um, They leave well before you're ready. And I'm sure it will be a very different story when like there's not someone in his bed upstairs. But yeah, so he's he's not giving me a choice. Like (laughs) they aren't home. And teenagers, I think they really help us, right? Um, They're moody and they're difficult. So some part of you is ready to not just let go, but to push. But for the most part, he's great and funny. Like they're hitting these things at the same moment. They're becoming difficult and hard at the same time. They're becoming like really interesting people that you want to know and hang out with. But I think that like 
it, it maybe started when he got his driver's license and he like pulled out of the driveway for the first time by himself. I was like, oh yeah, that's what my future is. Is like, he's just going to be forever leaving from now on. And I don't mean that in a really crazy dramatic way, just in a, it, it did feel profound in that moment. And then I like, you know, checked Life 360 three minutes later to see if he like made it sonic. That part has gotten easier and school Schools really do it for you, man. There is like a senior everything. Um, when your kids are little, there's all these these lasts that you don't maybe recognize as their last. Like you don't know it's the last time they're going to grab your hand or call you mommy, right? Like that's not announced. But right. your senior pictures, your senior ads, and they're seen and they are just trying to get you to weep or lose it. And so I think that's interesting. I mean, I do think that like they're really pointing it out for me all the time and and there's a price tag attached to every single one. So this year really is about making memories, but we also sat down, me and my husband this summer and we were like, okay, what, you know, we have this many weeks, what skills do we really think that he needs to go to college? Like what kinds of things, I mean, like doing laundry, right? Going to the bank and depositing money, going to the dentist. Can he change a tire? Can he change the brake pads on his car? Can he return something that doesn't fit Wait, to the store? Am I supposed to know how to change the brake pads? I mean, I am I supposed know. to know how to change the brake pads in my <laughs> car? Okay. Okay. I, I, I can um, put gas in my car and sometimes put air in the tires, but that's about as far as it goes. But Owen can do those things. So we've been trying to make memories, but he's also really been building skills. And so A, we have time together to like, hey, you need to learn how to cook one thing that tastes good that is gluten-free, just like you. And I Googled like, what are things that your kid needs to know before college? And it was really interesting because a lot of those things, I was like, oh yeah, we've, we've done that. And so it has helped both of us build some confidence and independence. So I don't know if I really answered like, I mean, man, no, they just I love that. Yeah. They just go. Has there been a senior moment this year so far? They're like, oh, wow, that just kind of got me. Anything yet? Um, senior pictures. Okay. When they, yeah. like, hey, that was their, with me. Yeah, you took some, but I yeah. mean, like, when they put those robes on and do it for the yearbook, uh, yeah. and it's like, oh, like because school hasn't started yet and they put you know the cap and gown on we recently just like paid for cap and gown and invitations and like that price tag um, hurts more than like the sentiment so but that moment where and I went with him like I was totally that mom and I'm not normally that mom but I used to work there so I felt like I could go and I took pictures while he was getting his picture taken which is super cheesy but I did that that happened in the summer and it was probably the first time I was like Oh, and I wasn't, maybe I should have, but I don't know that I was expecting to be emotional and I was. Mm, okay. And he was totally embarrassed, in this, but he got it. Of course. Of course. Yes. Oh my God. I love your kid. So I'm going to switch you gears. So, I mean, and I've been with you on this journey. You used to have a blog. I don't believe in grammar.com. And you know, you would say you were messing around, no, no right? You were just kind of recording life. Yeah. Everyone had a mom blog back then, including me. Right. And it would be like, right. what did I eat for dinner? I mean, it was, it's embarrassing. Well, but you very much showed your talent then, and we all saw it. And you've now become pretty serious in the last two, three years, where you're definitely a um, writer is a part of your title and a part of who you are. So I'm curious, now that you're you know serious and professional and all the things, how has becoming that writer made you observe an observer of life in a different way or has it at all have you always observed life in a way as a writer 
it has absolutely made me a different observer of life. There have been seasons where I wrote a lot and then there were seasons where I hadn't written at all. And lately, just in the last like year where I've really come back to writing, I have realized that when I am writing, I'm living a better life. Mostly because I don't I don't write fiction. I only write like personal essays and reflections. And so if I don't pay attention or if I don't live a good life, I don't have anything to say. And I want to be interesting. I want to have words to share that are helpful or impactful. And I don't think I can do that unless I'm really, really paying attention. Like I love me some Mary Oliver and you probably can't see it, but behind me, I have that like one, you know, wild and precious life quote, but she has another quote. I'm going to butcher it, but it's something about like our one true job um, or is to pay attention. And there's lots of quotes about writing and like Writing is just um, opening your eyes and, and writing it on paper. So very much so when I am writing, I live a better life. When I live a better life, I write better. Like it's this, it builds, it only gets better. When you say you're living a better life, is that because you're being more intentional or you're being more observant of what's happening or are you creating things so you have experiences to write about? Both, right? I mean, if I... I'm trying to write. I recognize that I get insight often from new experiences and new people. And so I'm more willing to say yes and try things that I may not normally try. I mean, I like to try new things anyways, but I'm much more willing to say yes when I am writing. Um, It's content, right? And it's a whole lot easier than pulling from like my memories. But I'm also curious. Like I want to know. I want to know people's stories. I want to know why. I want to know you know, some details that I may not be that interested in before. So I'm paying attention to details. And one of the things that I am only great at right now in writing, I'm trying to get better at it in my real life is like feelings, like really writing is where I have access to my feelings. So it is one way where I'm at least a little bit integrated. Like Often I have a hard time accessing those unless I'm willing to go there and reading. And so if I'm willing to go to the hard places on the page, even if it's just myself, like I'm showing up better for other people. Yeah, I could see that. So how do you decide what's to write? Like, do you have a process for that decision? Do you make a list of possibilities? Like, what does that look like for you? Because you write a lot and you submit a lot to a lot of different places. I do. And every once in a while, like this idea will hit me and I'm not in a place where I can write it down and I'll, I'll, you know, there's a running list in my phone of notes or little snippets. But for the most part, the best things that come out of me are the things I don't want to rate. They're the things that won't mm. leave me alone. And I finally consent. I'm like, okay, I'm going to write that down. So yeah, like so, sometimes I don't have a choice. And, and that's usually, like I said, that's the good stuff is it has to come out. If I am trying to write or trying to, you know, write a newsletter or an article or a post, really there's one thing that gives me content every single time. And I just ask myself, what am I learning right now? Oh, I love that. What am I learning right now? That's good. What am I learning? I feel like that's a good life question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. And every time I will get an answer from that every once in a while, I won't have an answer. And I'm like, that's a problem. If I'm not learning anything, I... I mean, maybe that's the educator in me, but I don't, I don't really feel like right. I'm living very well if I'm not learning anything. So yeah, what am I learning right now? There is an area of your life where you're learning something. Sure, sure. Like it or not, right? What you're learning. Okay, so we met 
We were 24-25-ish. That was a minute ago. Since then, there have been children, educational degrees, master's, doctorates, a brain surgery, changes in careers. So, I mean, I just think of all the life we've been through together. What would you say to that girl who met me on that day, right? I mean, I think we met before that. We were in the copier room and I was looking for someone to take the drill team with me to Padre. And for whatever reason, you said yes. And you went with me. And that became this just one of the best friendships in my life. So thinking about that girl that day, over 20 years ago, knowing what you know now, being who you are now, what would you tell her? I mean, A, I would say absolutely go to Padre. Like say yes to the... the, the Chaperoning the drill team? I mean, and that was so far out of my comfort zone. I have no idea. I can't believe it. Um, But we had so much fun, right? And so... Absolutely. Like keep saying yes to new people and opportunities, even if they don't seem like they are in your wheelhouse. So mm. I think like that was kind of like the, the I was like a baby grown up, right? I had just gotten married. It was been a professional. Yep. We'd all been educators minute. two or three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think I had this really different idea for the life that I was expecting or saw. Um, and in some ways, I don't know, 20 years later, um, I look around and I'm like, man, my life is a lot more ordinary than I thought it would be. But then you just read a list of all the changes and all the things. Right. And I'm like, Oh no, like you've, you've done a lot. And so I think I just want to tell her at, you know, 20 or 24 or however old, like, it ends well. Not that this is the end of my life. Hopefully I have a long way to go. <laughs> it's a good life. Like, and to really trust in that even when you can't see around the corner, um, even in some of those moments that have been just really incredibly hard, that it's good. That it, it turns out really different than than I expected, but it there are some really, really great people on the journey with me. I don't, I don't know that I want, you know, 20 year old me to, to know the details. Right. But I just to have that assurance and that safety that like, it's okay. And it's better than okay. It's really great. Yeah. And the people that I've chosen to walk with me and that have stuck it out for that long, like they're worth it. They're solid. I think I still have a lot of the same maybe questions and heart issues I did when I was 24 and maybe I don't outgrow them, but I grow into them. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And yeah, like it's a good life. And then I'm really proud. I mean, I'm proud of myself, but I mean, like I'm proud of that, like 24 year old girl. I mean, I can't believe they trusted us with children. On trips, right? In the <laughs> and um, how we didn't get and, fired, but that's maybe a story for a different day. You know, I look and I I look back and I'm like, man, I did so many dumb things, but I also did some really really great things. Like I married an amazing man, and we impacted kids in that year that still reach out to us. I don't know, like I couldn't find my keys most morning mornings, but we were still having an impact in, in making a difference and making decisions. I was growing friendships that would sustain me for the next 20 years and hopefully for the next like 20 years. So yeah, I think I would just say that it turns out great. And then I'm really proud of who she is, even 
when I didn't feel like I may also like tell her to like buy some Apple stock and that she's really damn lucky that social media is around. There's all of that. But I think that in my own life, if I had told myself then, like what's happening now? I mean, we're, we're creating a podcast currently. I mean, I just, what, I live in Texas. What? I mean, just... Yeah. I mean, all of this is pretty mind blowing where we at, where we're at and the journey to get there. So forties are good, right? Forties are good. So for you, when the struggle is real with momming, with education, you're an educator, when you are trying to show up to write, when maybe your health isn't what you want it to be, how do you keep showing up? I've always been able to show up. Like showing up is important. And even showing up for really hard seasons and hard things, I think I just was raised doing. Like, I really don't know anything different. I don't know how to not show up. But I think like the harder question for me is not like, how do I keep showing up? But is how do I show up and be present? Because I've spent uh, a lot of my life, yeah, I know, right? Like white knuckling yeah. through the hard stuff. Like I know that I, and maybe it's just like, um, confidence in myself. Like I've done it. Like I've had brain surgery. I have a doctorate. I've run a bunch of like half marathons. Like I know I can do the hard thing, but what I am learning right now is, Hey, you can do the hard thing and you can like pay attention that I don't have to just blaze through it or white knuckle my way through it. And that is really tricky for me. Like maybe I'm going to spend the next 20 years um, learning how to do that well. But I'm just learning how to do it like in the beginning right now. And and part of that is it goes back to my writing. Like I live a better life when I write. And it is because, you know, I've, I've sat through a class and they were talking about telling your hard story. And the teacher, instructor really talked about how you can't white knuckle your way and write a hard story if you want to serve an audience, you can get it on paper for yourself if that makes you feel better, but you can't white knuckle your way through it if it's going to be helpful to someone else reading it, that sometimes it's really damaging both to yourself and to the reader if you just push through through it. And so she was really specifically talking about writing, but I have been just in the last maybe month, like actually trying to apply that to my life. And um, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, how do you keep showing up in that way? Yeah. I mean, uh, Therapy, mindfulness, breathing, writing it down, a whole lot of practice and patience. I need help to do it. I don't I don't know that we ever get there by ourselves. And so I guess it's really just trying to figure out, okay, what does that look like? Is it another person? Is it an app? Is it, you know, breathing exercise? Is it a copay every few weeks? Yeah. And it's it's truthfully, it's all of those things. Like I actually need a physical person right. to make pause and ask me some of those questions or a place where I can show up for myself and write that down. I really feel like that's what you do in your writing is the way that you write gives us permission to show up too. And I love that. I think that's my favorite thing about how you write. Very awesome. So what lights you up? What lights you up? Like you look out, what just gets you like, man, that's good stuff right there. Well, a couple of things. I mean, you were just talking about showing up and so, and I, I was talking about like showing up, but also being present, but like, man, when people show up for another person that lights me up, for example, I volunteer with some high school girls at church and one of them had experienced a really hard loss and their mom had reached out to the director and I am, I'm like one of the volunteers in the group with the high school girls. And so I went and 
bought a bunch of goodies at Walmart and a bunch of note cards and everyone else was watching a movie, but we all sat there and we wrote like nice notes and they, they were asking me a lot of questions. They were asking like, Oh, you know, once I heard, you know, someone say, you know, bad things happen for a reason. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'll buy the good, that we don't waste the bad things, but that isn't what someone who is um, in the midst of loss needs to hear. Like that isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. They just need to hear that you love them, that you're thinking about them, that this is really hard. And so that was terrible, right? This is a terrible moment, but I got really excited to see this group of girls learning how to show up and be a friend. Like that really excited me. And I didn't even want to go that night. It had been a really long day. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah but this is important. So when other people show up, I think that's important. I taking a, a different turn work. I'm in education. Education has been really, really, really hard for the last few years. We are all empty and I'm not in front of the classroom, but it's still hard. And I have noticed that when I am most excited about my work is when I'm actually learning or when I'm creating. And so emails and meetings, like they drain me and they kill me. But what brings me back to life is to learn something new, to pass on or share or think about, or creating something that's going to be helpful or useful to, to get to be creative. And so I've had to start putting that into my schedule because I need some light. Like I, I, we're empty without it. And so if you can yeah. figure out what are those light you up when, especially in seasons that you know are really, really draining, put it in your calendar. Right. Keep doing it. So you look out at this big, beautiful, messy, hard, amazing world. What do you see as beautiful when you look out there from your view as a writer, as a mom, as an educator? What is beautiful to you? As a writer, and I don't mean like grammatically, but I mean, when I write about it, it is growth, right? When I see change or transformation or connection, that is beautiful. Someone told me that a personal essay has to have two really important things. It has to answer a question and it has to show transformation. And I want like this great big before and after, but all these wonderful essays from like the New Yorker, you know, all these dream places for me, they're really subtle. They aren't really like, it started out really hard and now it's awesome. It was like, it started out really hard. It's still really hard. Now I accept that it's hard or this one little place that I find joy tucked in. And so that the, the deering, the deering, not the before, the after, but like just allowing yourself to grow in the deering is beautiful. Just like you. Mm. I love to you find it tucked in those places. I like that. I like that. So what's your pie in the sky dream? To write a book. We're going to put it out there. Write, write a, a book. book. All right. Well, yeah. Write a first, write a book. Second, publish Which a book. Which you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And then sell the book. <laughs> Three steps. And then That's sell it. the book. Right. Well, easy. Okay. Well, I just, you taught me how to show up and be a friend more than probably anybody else in my life. And it just, um, it carries through to everyone. It's that ripple effect, right? I know now how to be a friend and you taught me that and you taught me how to show up. So I'd love to close the show, which is some rapid fire Dr. Hurst questions, just to kind of leave it on a fun note. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your go-to snack? Right now it is fruit. I wish it was cupcakes. I want it to be cupcakes, but it is fruit. The last movie you watched that you loved? I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm not going to lie. 
probably the last movie I watched was like some Star Wars movie. And I'm not going to say that I loved it. Although my husband will never hopefully listen to this podcast because he will not like that answer. I am watching right now, though, this great show on Netflix from scratch. And I love it. So I'm going to just go with that from scratch. Not a movie, but I don't care. What was your favorite toy as a child? A slinky. How do you spend a rainy day? (gasps) Reading. Of course. What inspires you? Other people. I mean, really watching other people do hard things, do scary things. Not, not like hard things like run a marathon, but watching people be brave um, really makes me feel like I can be brave too. What is one word to describe your life today? One word. That's so hard. Um, good enough. That's two words. Sorry. That's all right. I'll take it. Well, thank you so much. I loved having this conversation. Um, I feel like I learned something new about you and I didn't even know that that was possible at this point. So thank you for showing up and being kind of a part of the launching of picking strawberries and just finding that beauty in the everyday. Oh, well, I am so excited and I have watched you do all of those hard things. So you inspire me in that way too. Thank you, Dr. Hurst, for showing up for the Picking Strawberries podcast and for teaching me how to show up, be present, and just to be a great friend. You can see more of Michelle's work at michellewallacehurst.com. And if you have someone in your life that shows up or that's taught you how to show up, I encourage you to share this with them. Share the positive, share the encouraging, and let's be a light and lift up those around us. 